0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Shelton. Today's episode is brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help you grow your brand online. Whether it's more engagements, more followers, or you need to drive through more sales, they can help you out. So head over to www.cavesocial.com and hit that Contact Us. All right, today I'm sitting with Jonas Street, This guy is super interesting story. He comes from Mississippi, left home at 15 because of a record deal, ended up on American Idol and found his way to Silicon Valley where he stepped into tech and specifically marketing. I'm going to let him tell the story. So let's get into this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Jonas Street. Jonas, welcome to the show.
1: Man, Jordan, thank you for having me. Man, I'm excited to be here.
0: No, excited to have you on this uh, interview. I've been looking forward to for a bit. To listeners, to give you a little bit of background, Jonas right now is the global social media manager and senior PR specialist at Cadence Design Systems. He's also their leader in diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. But he's got a really cool backstory. Born in McLean, Mississippi. Eighth out of ten children. Yeah. Single mother. Older siblings. Big family. And then at fifteen, you ended up moving out of your hometown. You signed a record deal. Tell me a little bit about those early days, your journey into music, and how you got to where you're at today.
1: Yeah, that in a nutshell is my beginning. And I have this thing that I call like I say the journey is the reward <laughs> because you know in life we go about this thing like I'm trying to get to this goal, trying to get to this or that, and once you get there, you realize. How you got there was the reward, right? How you got there was the most impactful thing. So that's something that I've been really diving into lately. Just thinking about my journey and how it began. Let's go back to the beginning in McLean, Mississippi. Grew up, you know, very, very humble beginnings. Single mother. She, you know, raising all 10 of us by herself, basically. Uh, My father passed away a month before I was born. Uh, My stepfather passed away when I was like nine. And I found him dead myself. And it was during the... um, the Bulls in Utah—I forget which year it was—but it was Bulls in Utah Finals, and he was going for Utah, and I was going for MJ, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was in the other room. I said, "I, I was like, okay, um, this is the Jazz room, and I'm going to another room. That'll be the, the Bulls room." You know, at halftime, I was going in there to check on him because, you know, the score was obviously Bulls was up, whatever. But I went in there to check on him, and I saw him. He was just like, just still, like he wasn't. His head was down to the right side, and. He wasn't moving, and I just shook him because I was going to get a um, a cake. Like I don't know if you remember these like la Debbie oatmeal cakes. <laughs> yep, <laughs> uh, love those things as a kid, man. Uh, so I was so I was going to get a LaDebs Debbie. Ask I if I can get a La Debbie cake at a halftime, and um, I was kind of like shaking him, shaking him. He wasn't moving, so I went to my mom. I said, "Mom, uh, stepdad, he's in that knocked out dead like that, right?" And she knew right then and there that that he was gone because I guess a couple months before they had went to the doctor and said. The doctor told him he had a certain amount of time to live. So she kind of knew when she knew it was happening, but just didn't know when it would happen. You know what I mean? So. But before that, literally before that, I I remember vividly that same year. I remember them. I got up in the middle of the night to go use the restroom and I heard them speaking, talking about like, you know, just trying to find money for you know clothes, trying to find money for school supplies, you know, all this and that. And I never forget, I said, um, whenever I find an opportunity to get out and at least if I can take care of myself, that'd be a burden off my mother's shoulders. Right. So fast forward about five or six years later, I ended up getting a record deal with this guy named Maurice Starr. He was the manager producer of New Kids on the Block and New Edition. You may know those groups, may not, but he he started those groups and he started this band that I was in uh, called Five Young Men and I was the uh, lead singer. So at 15, you know, I made that choice to to leave to leave home, and I was flying back and forth from Mississippi to Atlanta. And the toughest thing about that was not leaving; it was more so leaving what I had built up. So I had at that time in high school, going into my like sophomore junior year, and I was playing basketball. So I had the you know the 4.0 grades in, in high school. Had you know these different colleges reaching out to me about coming to play ball more specifically, Auburn University, because of my my academic ability and my athletic ability, uh, I was rated like a number one guard in my district at the time. I remember remember very vividly, like, man, like, do I give this up or is there a way that I can do both? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it came to a point. It came to a point to where I, me and my coach, we were speaking, we were talking about it, and he was saying, hey, I can't afford for you not to be here. That'll be a distraction. I can't afford for you to be here or not be here and like have that win over the team. It'll be a distraction for the team. It was that moment I was like, okay, I guess I got to do what I need to do, which is go sing because it was immediate money for, for me, which would help my mom out, right? But I remember so many nights in Atlanta, man, by myself in this big house in Atlanta, like crying, like multiple nights, just like, just missing basketball so much, you know. But at a young age, it was tough, man. That was a hard decision I had to make, man.
0: That's a, a huge decision that's uh and a big burden to be put on the shoulders. Yeah, especially at that age where sports really encapsulates your life when you're when you're into it. I'm with you. I, pl- I ended up playing college football. Very, very. When I was 15, you know, I think I had a football in my hands at all hours of the day. Right. So. To even think about you having to step away from that to say, okay, at fifteen, you're going to go and pursue music like this, right. and, and there's so many levels to that. Not only okay, stepping away from basketball, but you're in a new city, right? You have a right. job, yeah, uh, you know, uh, and it's in the creative industry. I feel like you learn how to swim by being thrown in the water when it comes to things like that. <laughs> um, okay, walk me through. So you're there. You're fifteen music. Now, talk to me about today and where you're at and how do you think that that experience has really helped you throughout your career, either through you know expressing creativity or even if it's made you want to give back. And with some coaching in basketball, I see you do you know from reading your bio, you do some volunteer work as well. Uh, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So that decision, making that decision, I don't regret it. And I'm glad I did that. It taught me how to be uncomfortable. Like uncomfortability is the only way I feel like you can grow in life. And that's something that I always thank my mom for um, letting me, allow me to go do that. Right. So fast forward, like I was able to, after, after the uh, contract was over, I was able to go back to college and play ball. I was an older kid in college, but I think making that decision of going back to school to play ball, it kind of, how do I say, it healed an, an old wound, right? Even though I didn't go D1, it was D2. But it still like healed an old wound and it was, in a, it fulfilled something for me. I remember in, while in college, my teammates found out that I, you know, I sing or whatever. And they were like, hey, uh, if we win our division championship, then yeah, you need to go audition for American Idol. So we, we won our division championship. I auditioned for American Idol and I got the golden ticket and I got on the show, which was kind of crazy. <laughs>
0: so, crazy.
1: Hollywood finalists as well on American Idol. And <laughs> that was an experience for a lifetime. It was with, Jennifer Lopez, Randy Jackson, and Steven Tyler. Very fun time. Within all those different experiences, I was learning more and more about myself, learning more. Hey, if I better myself, I put myself out there, you know, good things can happen more so than bad, right? So that's something that I always, you know, just take in as far as like marketing now. Like I try different things on social media, different types of forms of marketing, whether it's blogging, blogging, video. Or whatever the case is, um, I just feel like, you know, from a learning that from an entertainment perspective and trend, like all those transferable skills coming over into this, uh, this marketing, this corporate or this tech world. And man, let's be frank, like the tech industry is taking over the entertainment industry, you know, like that's the truth of the matter. So I'll tell you how I got into the tech industry. And this is a crazy story, right? (laughs) I was, so after I graduated college, so American Idol was my senior year in college. And I met a friend there, and he told me when I finished college to come out to come back to Atlanta and we'll work on some music, right? So after college, I got my degree. I said, you know, I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out to Atlanta and just see what happens. I get to Atlanta and start recording music. And while I was recording this music, I was like, I need to make some money. So I was just looking at, looking around for like auditions and stuff because I knew Atlanta was starting to become like a, you know, a hub for entertainment from that standpoint. I ended up booking this film called, uh, Get On Up, it was the James Brown biopic. The guy that played James Brown was Chadwick Bozeman, the same guy that played Black Panther. And to see his work ethic, really, that was something that kind of changed my view on artists, on entertainers specifically. Because I remember when he was working on Get On Up, in between cuts, he was doing like this karate stuff, Jordan. Like, (laughs) I was like, what is he doing? You know, like we didn't know what he was doing, right? Come to find out towards the end of the movie, end of filming the movie, he had booked Black Panther without, and no one knew, right? We just saw, we just like, what is he, like, why is he doing all this? Why is this
0: guy doing karate in between (laughs) takes? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But think about that, right? Like he's in James Brown mind right now. He's James Brown. But in between takes, he's still working on Black Panther. Like that was crazy. So after that film, I booked this other thing where it was Being Mary Jane. It was on BET. It didn't streamed on Netflix for a bit, but now it's on um, BT+. Plus. But as I was sitting at that table on Being Mary Jane, I was looking around the table at the at the actors and actresses. And then I was looking at the folks behind the scenes, you know, running the cameras or have the scripts in their hands. And I was like, the folks at the table don't have control, you know, like we don't have the control. We're just the actors. And I was like, man, my life has to be bigger than just, you know, singing or acting. And I said that I was at that table. I said, you know what? I want to go into the tech industry and I want to utilize my uh, skills that I learned in the entertainment industry, and transfer those into a successful marketing career, which I can help go back and talk to guys that look like me, girls that look like me, and explain to them, hey, you can use your academics and your athletics in your, you know, your abilities to get out of your situation, right? So that's what I did. I was at that table. I said, you know what? This is it. This is the last. It's the last scene I'm gonna do for a while. <laughs> I'm going back to the to Silicon Valley and I'm going to try to work at one of the biggest tech companies I can, which I ended up getting a job at Intel. And that's where I am now. You know, I've been been in tech game for about five or six years and I've been loving it, man. I'm really excited about the growth the opportunities and, you know, meeting people like yourself. Just so it's so much to learn. And I feel like networking is like one of the biggest components of having a successful career.
0: So much. And there's so much to unpack there. I think one of the major things you said is it seems like you got to a point where you were tired of telling and acting the story. You wanted to write it. Exactly. And now it was time to write your story. Right. And to think about, okay, what am I going to do from the career standpoint? And then looking at these skills and saying, okay, where can I fit in? Right. This is something that I think a lot of people, when they're coming up in college through athletics, we think things like, oh, the tech industry is for coders only. Right. And I'm like, nope, they need salespeople. They need marketing people. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's a full operation and you can fit in. And not only fit in, but you can excel. And then you can take the elements from your story. It's like taking the elements of creativity, obviously being able to put yourself out there. If you have saying in front of people, you definitely are not going to be afraid to, you know, put a presentation in front of somebody. Right. <laughs> and then two, taking the athlete mentality of saying, okay, I put it out there, but if it's not up to my standard, I'll go back, I'll work at it again. Yeah. So really being able to go through and mold and, and take, you know, the work ethic from sports and athletics, because the, the thing about... College athletics is they are not forgiving. No. If you lose, you lose. and you, You're gonna wear that. I guarantee you, you've got a miss shot or a reel of them in your head of shots you missed throughout your career. I have missed throws throughout <laughs> my career that I'm still like living, you know, thinking right. about like, oh, I wish if I read that differently, I would do this. <laughs> but that mindset carries off over into marketing and to creating content and testing things for sure. for sure. Talk to me now. I mean, OK, been back in the Bay five, six years. Right. You're working, you're in tech, you're going down this path. What's one of the big things that you know you've really, I guess, has humbled you or hit you in the face? That's like, whoa, I didn't expect that hurdle. And how'd you overcome it?
1: Well, I think for me, it's the how late to the game I am, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, I went to school late. So if I'm if I'm going to school late, that means I'm graduating a little bit older than other folks, and then I'm getting work a little bit lo- older than other folks. But that part, I guess, is two sides, right? That's the bad side. The good side of that is I can tell employers or employees or my peers or folks like yourself, like I can tell these folks, hey, like there are more than one ways to go about a career and go about be- becoming successful. For me, I wanted to do those other things. I wanted to go and explore, right? I want to do those things. And I have this thing that I call a portfolio of life, right? Think about a portfolio like you of investments, You want them to be diversified. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's when I think about my life. I have this slogan, like I look at my life as a portfolio of life. I have so much diversity within my life that I can take from all those experiences and continue to build upon them. A lot of folks just go straight to school and straight to work, and they don't have time to really find themselves. I felt like I had time to find myself, you know, and that's something that I do not regret, and I would encourage other folks to do the same thing. Uh, because I'm, yeah, I, yeah, nor should nor should
0: you regret that prescriptive narrative of college, entry level, then this job, then that job. Right. And then <laughs> Yes, it works for some people, but the large amount of people that I've met that I envy are always throwing me aback is they're the people that have these different experience, the real breadth of experience right. that then they can bring a new angle to tech and marketing where if you walk in to a boardroom and you're going to pitch an idea, you can be like, look, you can articulate, I know how to get people hooked. Here's what we use with songwriting right. You know, to hook people in and to have a message saying, here's what bad writing is and that people will never remember a song. Here's what good writing is. How do we apply that to our marketing message. Absolutely. And things like that, yeah, like you said, it's just bringing in that portfolio of life, which I were really like, I'm definitely stealing that for my next dinner party. Just uh,
1: <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely. Um, Yeah, but you know, bringing that in and then I think that only Helps exemplify the experience. And it's something that employers are looking for. And why I say that, and I say that on the show, because people who are listening who are maybe wanting to get into marketing tech or they want to start their own business, but they're thinking, oh, I don't have the skills. I didn't go and get this fancy MBA or whatever. Like, it's not a necessary thing i would say is a false hurdle a lot of the times correct in terms of just being able to say having that confidence and feeling empowered enough to go okay i'm going to go for this i'm going to go for this career i'm going to start this company whatever it may be right now you've got all this you got the portfolio life the experience 5 6 years in the bay now what's the next thing what's the next thing that you're aspiring to you know go after when it comes to you know career or personal
1: I think it's a bit of both. Like I, I want to now, it's to the point to where I want to, you know, continue to grow in my profession, but I also want to start to reach back and help folks. Right. So that's why I, I like to talk to different athletes and students. I like to give them my life story and just tell them, hey, everyone is different. You don't have to be like the next person who you may quote unquote think they have the perfect life. Because you got to think about it, man, like when you're a teenager and get ready to go to college and stuff like that, you know, peer pressure is a is, uh, is huge. And then the social media, you know, some of the people are fake on social media. Then so it's like, man, if, if you don't have what they have, then, you know, you feel like, what are you doing with your life? And, you know, you just turned 20 or, you know, what I'm saying like so I'm trying to explain to them or share them like my story of going to school later and, and still being able to succeed. Right. And I think that's where I am like right now in my life. It's a few things. It's, it's giving back when I can. I'm a part of this ministry, San Quentin Basketball Ministry, where we go into San Quentin and, um, you know, fellowship with the players and we play a game of basketball and then we share, you know, share stories of inspiration. That's something I love to do. I have a brother that's been locked up for a while now, so I try to give back there as much as I can and encourage and then also, you know, talking to younger athletes and, and younger students about really not conforming to peer pressure and not being so, how do I say, influenced by what you see on social media, because, you know, as you and I both know about social media, there's a lot of fakeness on there.
0: <laughs> <just>. 100 percent. <laughs>
1: so definitely just trying to, you know, explain to them there's, there's more to life than than what you see on IG or TikTok or YouTube or whatever the case is. And just really, really, really trying to find yourself. And when you're that young, the only way you can find yourself is you got to explore, you got to try different things. Right. So that's where I am, man. And, and, uh, like I said, as I continue in that space, I think I, you know, I'll continue to, to also learn more about myself and learn more how I can be of, of service, you know, from a marketing perspective. And being a leader in the marketing space and an underrepresented minority in this market space, I feel like my voice and my experiences will be is something that's needed and I'm just happy to be here to deliver this message.
0: No, that's unreal. I, I think there's a you know a couple of things you the to pull out of there, one is the best way to learn is to to start teaching. Because right. you start to learn more about yourself through that process, and then two, it's so important to send the elevator back down as you start to ascend, right? And to make sure that you're, you know, we're, when as we start to ascend, that we're going back and really helping set the example, and then making a more straight path for people to see to say, oh, hey, you can you can do this, you can right. go to tech, exactly. right? This is here's how I did it. You don't have to do it as perfectly as I. You know, follow me exactly, right. but you're going to create your own path and you can get here. That's so powerful. And then the last thing is social media. I say this all the time. You're either using it or it's using you. Right. And you need to know when you're being used by it, mm-hmm. when you start to feel insecure or you see somebody on Twitter who says something and next you don't even know this person and your blood pressure is, <laughs> starts right. to rise. Right. And I catch myself and I'm like, why am I letting somebody troll me? We're both in it professionally. Exactly. So, the everyday consumer, never mind being 15 years old, you right. know, and yep. having to take in these messages and thinking that, oh, I'll be happy once I, you know, I'll get an Instagram photo in Hollywood. Like, that's right. just, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not real life. No, it's um, not real life. I think those are all massively, massively important and uh, definitely, yeah, I think powerful as well.
1: Yes, man. I agree. Cool.
0: You know, before I let you go, let people know where they should connect with you online you know, to follow more of your journey.
1: Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Jonas Street and all my other socials, Instagram and Twitter is Jonas underscore street.
0: Beautiful. I'll link those in the show notes. So if you guys are listening, just click that link and and you can head over and uh, connect with Jonas on any, any of the platforms.
1: Definitely, man. Thank you.
0: Cool. Hey, man, It's been a pleasure. I loved hearing your story and what you got coming next. I'm excited to follow along, see where where all this goes.
1: Yeah, man. um, Look forward to talking to you again, man. This has been great. For
0: sure. All right, guys, that's it for the episode. If you like this, please hit like, share, subscribe. If you're feeling real friendly, maybe leave a review. And until next time, I'll catch you later.